Welcome to I See Dad People, providing a voice to the modern dad around the world. Sharing stories, having a laugh, and cringing at Eugene's I don't know where he found them dad jokes. So let's go. Welcome to I See Dad People and our Friday episode. Before we jump into Stevie and Eugene's random questions, we're just going to play a couple of clips of the upcoming guest interview with Kirby Shabega. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a very good question. First of all, the, you know, the observation that it's, it's rarely the technology that this, that's the problem. It's the humans and the, the culture. As much as I could, I try to take lunch at the same time as him. And sometimes we'll go for a walk first. Uh, I, you know, I find walking is a great way to, especially, you know, with an older child to, to get them talking and... Molson Canadian beer or Guinness? Oh gosh. Oh, this gosh. is a tough one now. You it is a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can hear, this is a session not to be missed and we're looking very forward to chatting to Kirby in a while. But before that, myself and Stevie are going to jump into our random questions. Stevie, how are you doing? Doing good. I have this new thing I'm doing at work, actually. A couple of lads will have a laugh. So I do this every now and then, and then I go, what do you think I'm doing, guys? And then I say, and they go, I don't know. And they go, I'm at the Irish dancing. My arms aren't moving. So there's a whole joke on at work about Irish dances. So that's what it looks like. So every now and then the meeting, when it's getting to the end, I'll, the people who know it, I'll just start going like this. And what I'm actually doing is full-fledged Irish dancing right now. We can get that out of clip. We'll show you later. We'll, we'll post it on the old uh, Friday after the Friday one. So definitely tune in if you want to see the clip. All right. So me and you have traveled around South America quite a bit. We've, 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 we've been around and uh, there's been some great places we've been to, you know, but there's always those places that you're a little bit like, what was everyone talking about? Like, I don't get it. What was the most overhyped place you've ever traveled to besides Waterford? <laughs> Kilmac Thomas. Uh, <laughs> no, Kilmac was actually lovely. I loved Kilmac and the people in it were good now, in fairness. Um, the most overhyped place that I've ever traveled to in in Peru. I think Lima in Peru, yeah. Um, I, I heard a lot about it and a lot of people blew it up quite a bit, like not, not blowing it up, but a lot of people said some really good things about it. But then when I got to it, it was just like any other big city, really. Um, that's what yeah. I thought. I was the same. I, I wasn't a big fan. I wasn't the biggest fan of Lima, um, honestly, either. Yeah. Um, I, I, I found it, it was, I will say the food was great and the film and the views were great, but it had that weird weather as well. It was a very weird climate as well. It was, an, it was a very mm. unusual place. Um, but yeah, I don't think that was, that's not a bad one. I think it's, it was a little underwhelming. I will agree. Especially, but again, also remember you were around the rest of Peru, which is, you know, it's, it's so beautiful, right? So it's, it's like, then you come back to the city, maybe that was it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. What is the best video game you have ever played? Uh, Abe's Odyssey. It's called Abe's Odyssey. Um, it was a game I bought when I was a kid and I loved it. And I really loved it because it used to annoy the crap out of my dad. 
uh, and they make doing a remake actually and it is one of the exclusives i believe or one of the new ones on the new playstation 5 coming out they're doing a remaster of abe's exodus oh, nice. and it's this game from um uh Oddworld is the name of the company and they did a couple but i loved it i loved it and it was very uh it was very it's, it's a little bit political in the game but this guy was running around and he's saving people and um yeah he would you could make him fart which I think probably was the most thing. He, and then he would just say, follow me, follow me. And you try and save these guys, but they used to die horrible deaths, like when I think back to it. But um, my dad used to just drive him crazy because he just he'd go, follow me. And then it would make it, you could make fart noises. And then guys would go, oh, the guys are following you if you did it. I, just, just classic game. So that is it. Abe's Odyssey and Abe's Exodus was the follow-up. And then they did a remaster of Abe's Odyssey a few years ago. And then actually PlayStation 5 coming out is going to actually have the new Abe's uh, Exodus, which I think is going to call Soulstorm. So I highly recommend checking it out. It's a 2D, it was a 2D platform game. A lot of fun. Easy going, just sit back. Nice. We'll keep an eye out. Uh, Eugene, what is the most embarrassing piece of clothing you own? It's... It never used to be embarrassing until I put a couple of pounds on. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's probably my my kilt. Um, I had some really good moments in it, obviously around South America when I when I used to do my William Wallace Braveheart, um, show. <laughs> I remember that. that. That was yeah. I remember that. That was a lot of fun. And you, oh yeah, that was one of my first memories of you, actually, Eugene. Uh, it was one of the first times you were there, actually. The first, one of the first times you met. I don't know if you noticed. Like, it was right at the start. Mm. And I remember you going up to your room to learn the whole speech, and you'd yes. never learned it before. And you just came down by and you rattled it off in a bar <laughs> to a load of people, and uh, yeah. it was so well received. I, I think that's my first memory of you, Eugene. Actually, is that, is that speech. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good memory actually. I I can't I can't remember much of the speech now at all. Like most of it's after leaving us, but I'm sure if we're we're sitting down having a couple of whiskeys, it might come out again. Oh, there was there was a lot of freedom. I remember, right? I don't think it was the freedom people remember from the movies, though. But there was a lot of things free, free, free there up in that bar. Yeah, that kilt. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people went home after that. Like they just stopped their traveling. They just went home. <laughs> sure. It wasn't going to get any better after that. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say to you about that. Eugene, that's, that's, that's the one left in the, the skirt. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't fit as well as what it used to anyway. That's for sure. Um, so that would definitely be my most embarrassing item of clothing right now. Um, on the subject of travel and us obviously having that travel bug in us from all of the traveling that you have been doing and you usually do submerse yourself in culture when you do go travel what is the best dish culture wise in any country you have visited or lived in like a food dish or anything in general to consume food dish um both my favorite drink with a food was maracuya sour uh maracuya sours you remember them from limos in Cusco? that is my favorite drink and it was almost like a meal 
I think I think my favorite food is definitely Peru. Like nothing has beaten Peruvian food for me. Uh, I, we, I just remember when we used to um, go for lunch. Remember that restaurant we used to go down to? And they'd just give yes. you this massive lot of food. And it was, there was just so many awesome things on the menu. And it was like, what, four bucks or five bucks mm. like for a big meal. There was some good food. So good. And I put a lot of weight on when I was going to that <laughs> place. Um, but um, probably my favorite dish. Um, I would probably say chicharrones. Man, I used to love going to that bar with the chicharrones and it was like this dive bar in Cusco and you get the chicharrones. Remember I brought everyone down there one time and you'd have yeah. this beer, which was more like full of gas and everything, but then it would come with onions and this like green sauce and stuff and you put it, I don't know, and it was so bad for you, but it was so good and I miss that because <laughs> you can't get that here that I've ever found. Like they have chicharrones, but it's very healthy chicharrones here. I've had yeah. it and I saw it in the menu once and I was just so excited, man. I was so excited and then it came out and it was really healthy and I was like, <laughs> what is this <laughs> yeah it's like asking for bacon and someone gives you slices of bananas and that really did happen to me once which was very disappointing i thought it was platanos. bacon but it was it was plat- platanos yeah plantains fried plantains lovely um we're, we're we're on the topic of food for you what food looks disgusting but tastes delicious um there's a Filipino dish and Daryl, one of our former guests, might might know it. It's called Sisig. And when I was doing a bit of work over in the Philippines, they brought me out to try some traditional Filipino food, and that was one of them. Um, there was another couple of things that they asked me to try, which is something called a balut. Um B-A-L-U-T. I'm not going to go into lens describing it, but any of our listeners should take those letters away, stick them into Google and have a look at what it was. And that's one of their um, traditional food items. The first one you mentioned though sounds like an awkward one to ask on a boat. Seasick. <laughs> 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 I can imagine going up to people going, Seasick? Seasick? Yeah, yeah, over there, over there, over there, over the edge. Yeah, yeah, the buckets are over there. <laughs> Time freezes for everyone for one day except you. What do you do? I think, first of all, I would get up early and I would go and I would sit in Discovery Park for half an hour and I'd have a nice coffee. And actually, you know, that kind of makes me think now because in the mornings I'm going off at Saoirse and I actually would actually not enjoy, I would enjoy it more with her than I would by myself. So I'm going to, maybe I wouldn't do that. Actually, it's kind of weird now. It's kind of like most of the things you would do for your day. I know this sounds crazy, but it's like you kind of just you start to enjoy doing it with your your family, your wife, or your kid. And it's it's kind of harder. I'm just starting to think about it now, and I'm just like, oh, I was actually thinking about going to Discovery Park, and I was like, no, I'd actually think I'm enjoying that more in the mornings now, going with Sirsha and just spending that time. So I'd probably do it, but I don't think I'd enjoy it as much as that. Then I'd probably come home. I'll probably play a little bit of PlayStation because I haven't done that in a long time probably do an hour and I probably jump on a plane for two hours and go somewhere random by myself. Now, if it stops for one day though, I'm starting to think about like, are the shop yeah. restaurants closed? Is everyone closed? <laughs> so I probably go around 11 o'clock cause then I could just go into the kitchen when people are cooking stuff and just kind of take things off and put them on my plate. Just leave a couple of, couple of dollars there for it. Then I'd just sit down and have it. I'd fly somewhere random. Oh, I couldn't fly random. This is a hard That's question. That's what I was Eugene. just thinking. Like, I was just about to say it to you. 
<laughs> like, when did you get your pilot's license? <laughs> so this is a tough one, right? Because you can't really do a whole lot. Because, uh, you know, you're, it tells you how reliant you are on other people to get places. So I could, probably, I could jump in the car. I could go somewhere. Hope I don't break down. Then I'm screwed. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't really think there's anything, especially if the whole world just kind of stopped. It's kind of interesting. I, th- I thought when you'd ask me this, I'd be like, boom, boom, boom. I like this, 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 this. And now it's it's harder. It's a harder question, I think. Yeah, it is. I, I'd say the messer in me would have to like play so many tricks on people. Oh, that'd like, be a say, lot of fun. Yeah, it's like they'd have something in their hand, like maybe a cup of tea or something, and you just replace it with your pet cat. You know, just little things like that, moving things around the place. It's a super interesting question. Maybe we should ask that one to Kirby. All right, I suppose we're, we're ready. Our listeners are ready. It's Friday. Everyone's going, you know, getting ready to sit in front of the TV and watch. Disney now have family viewing, so you can kind of view things together, which is interesting. I haven't tried it yet, but if anyone hasn't seen it, so you can do fam, uh, group watching. So you can kind of watch the same thing together with your family and common together, I guess, and it'll show you everyone's watching and stuff. So I haven't tried it yet, but that'd be kind of fun thing to do. Um, but yeah, anyway. Let's go over and see Kirby. And uh, I'm excited for this one. Uh, you know, as, yeah, as you, you know, I'm big into technology. I love technology. And uh, he's, he's big into uh, augmented reality and virtual reality and what that looks like for our kids and, and our future. And just in general, every time we make a big technology leap, what, what's going to change? So should we head over? Mm-hmm. Yes, let's do it, Stevie. It's Friday, Friday. Welcome to I See Dad People. We have another, uh, we're at another Friday. Uh, we have a guest with us today, Kirby, who's joining us from Seattle, where I'm also based. Eugene is based, as you might have heard, in, uh, in San Francisco, or in California, sorry, uh, in Dublin. I don't know if you appreciate that, but uh, he didn't go too far from Ireland because he moved into the same location here mm-hmm. as he did. So we have Kirby today. Uh, Kirby, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So like yourselves, I'm not originally from here. I'm actually from uh, Canada and I came here about 20 years ago. I started in the Midwest in Cleveland, Ohio and worked my way to the West Coast uh, where we've been for a long, long time now. Uh, I'm in the technology field right now, most interested in AR and VR and kind of more specifically in what's called WebXR. So I'm a techie. And uh, that's a little bit about me. Perfect, perfect. You know, um, we were, were actually talking a little bit earlier on between, uh, we had, uh, we had a, an earlier podcast guest on and we were talking between the two about, um, Eugene was talking about the uh, social dilemma. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this uh, on Netflix. I haven't seen it yet, but Eugene had watched it. And I, but I had been watching the news articles. And of course, there's been a lot of our guests previously talking about, you know, uh, the during our current situation will they be a move from home for kids education you know people are now having to rethink how they're going to manage this and so it's one of the interesting questions came out of it was well uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of AR you know I've, I've followed that space a bit and uh, I do have a uh, I do have a PlayStation VR headset but unfortunately I do suffer from the motion sickness of sides I'm one of those people but I love it but I, I, I don't have a long time you know in it and so I I'm, I'm a little more looking forward to the AR, which I'm hoping will be a little more suited to my piece. Uh, do you, so what, what, 
I guess one of the questions is where do you see that going in terms of the mainstream? And if it goes mainstream, do you think now that a lot of, you know, people will be homeschooled, how AR and VR is going to change that landscape? And is it going to push it forward where, you know, the kids are not possibly not going to be in the classroom and we don't know when this is going to end. And is there an opportunity there? Yeah, definitely. Uh, collaboration tools in general has been a huge topic since COVID. And a lot of folks realize, especially when you're in a big uh, one-to-many situation, like on Zoom, where you have an instructor and, you know, 40, 40 little uh, videos up there, it's not the best experience for everybody. And XR collaboration tools, I think, will advance faster now because of COVID. And there are some examples that work fairly well um, in VR today. One of them is called Altspace VR. So just two weeks ago, I attended a conference called Global HR Summit. And it was held, if you wanted to, you could buy a ticket and attend in VR, wearing a headset. So they had 58 speakers over the three days, and 50 of them were brand new to VR, had never used it before. So they were all shipped out a headset, taught how to use it. And for the most part, the feedback has been just awesome. Uh, everybody really enjoyed it because you get a much uh, better sense of presence and actually being there. Um, you know, you could scoot over and talk to a little group of avatars if you heard a good conversation going. So as far as education goes, that one's a little tricky in the sense that, especially in K to 12, every school district is very different. There's different funding involved. Yeah. Um, for colleges, I could see it picking up a little bit faster. There are some examples where uh, college kids will take introductory courses, like how to use the chemistry lab, how to use the equipment, and they'll do that in VR first. So when eventually they do get to a lab, they're kind of checked out on the equipment already. Um, AR, mobile AR is you know, huge right now because everybody has a mobile phone. It's not, of course, the right form factor, so you get kind of tired just holding it. Uh, so it's a little more you know, on the gimmicky entertainment, some advertising kind of side right now. Uh, VR headsets, you might have heard that Oculus, well, Facebook, uh, just released their second version of the Quest which the hardware sounds incredible, very good price point. The drawback with uh, that one, a lot of folks are not too fond uh, of Facebook and have concerns over privacy of their data. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, I actually work in uh, privacy compliance right now. I've, I've gone into that world. I'm, I'm a product manager. So it's 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 a crazy world to be in right now and uh with with um and it, it's the all all the good movements that are happening with uh, gdpr and ccpa and now we have brazil with ldgp i believe and and everybody's jumping on right and it's it's but it's changing it's changing the world right it's it the simple technologies like you know uh, when you visit a website it drops a cookie and now google are trying to move away from that and ios are actually moving now in january they cancel their ios 14 where there you no longer can get access to personal information on the device with every app asking the user hey can i use your mm -hmm. your device for advertising so the big shift is going on here and so it will be really interesting to know it interesting to see your point which is if facebook 
this is kind of what Eugene was talking about earlier with the social dilemma, right? The, the technology mm. is not the problem. It's, it's, it's how it's used often is, is the thing. So do you think that the companies that are driving this will, will result in maybe it not taking off because, or, or, or be a struggle for it because people just won't have the trust? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a very good question. First of all, the, you know, the observation that it's, it's rarely the technology that this, that's the problem. It's the humans and the, the culture. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with that. Um, in particular, if you're in an enterprise environment trying to introduce new technology, usually it's just the culture that's the issue. <laughs> so you have to be a bit of a psychologist almost. Uh, as far as, you know, consumer goes, I think more people are becoming concerned about privacy and starting to realize how that data can be used for not good things uh, or unintended consequences. However, it depends really again on maybe the country, the culture that you're in, age group. So I, I don't think I don't think the technology will be slowed down in any significant way by public concerns. Uh, However, at the same time, there's awesome groups that are uh, thinking about all those privacy concerns and trying to get them to become um, standards and promote promote to the bigger world why this could be a problem. Um, Yeah, I don't know. What what do you think? Do you have any thoughts on that? I have uh, one thought on it and I I probably relate it more to to the next generation, uh, generation alpha at the moment that my son is in. Um, Social Dilemma kind of focused a lot on uh, Generation Z um, and there's a bit of backtracking to do on that, it it seems, from what I can see anyway. Um, As you were saying, the technology is awesome, it's just how it's being used. For myself, I I see it, um, um, the, the VR, AR space, as an opportunity for home learning and a lot of good things can be done about it uh, and with it i was looking at a video on it um, only last night where there was someone holding up their mobile device and i know that could be a problem you were saying because your arm might get tired but they were able to see that oh this hotel has a room free and this is the hotel that's free or this here has a space for me to rent i think like there, there's so much powerful things you can get out of it for um you know, your everyday actions. And then even at home, so many different learning styles, like um, how often have you heard the phrase, I I need to see it in action before I can actually learn it, you know? And if you've seen that through AR, it's it's a different way of learning. I I think there's massive opportunities with it. The question probably now in the public from loads of people and concerned parents after seeing Social Dilemma and the streams that are going to go off that is how how are these um, big companies intending on um, or not the companies that are actually developing the actual software itself for it, but the big companies, what angles are they looking at to try and take advantage of a really good, um, really good technology for mass gain? Yeah. Yeah. I- yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, I see a lot of the startups. Uh, I, you know, sometimes I, I watch the journeys, and I, I don't know how many tools I've used over the years where it's been awesome and it's been great. Mm-hmm. Someone buys it, 
and you don't use it because it's just you can you can almost picture yourself in the company someone saying something and going but how are we going to make money off of this <laughs> Do you know it's like <laughs> and we need to make it in the next year we're not going to wait for four years and you see the change uh, not to mention any products specifically but I, I think there's probably it's i think almost anyone can can think of a product they've used that has been taken on by someone and then just switched uh what what have you seen that in the and i followed a little bit the oculus uh, journey and i remember uh watching some of the start of that before before facebook and just just hearing how it all developed and uh, it was a very interesting story just an interesting story to see how it was all developing i'm sure of all the people you you, you know the story best you know uh do, do we still do we still have a chance do you think with with with, with facebook running it you know do you think that the that the voice has been loud enough uh, you know, the voice is loud enough that these companies have to, they have to change. Even if they don't want to, they have to change. You know, is, is, that, the, is, is that what you're seeing happening, uh, Kirby? Yeah, excellent, excellent question. Again, I, I think it's, uh, especially here in the U.S., that e even though there is a you know, some percentage of the population has worries and kind of understands concerns. Overall, you know, their business has not really changed uh, since, uh, you know, the big, the big data leaks a while back and uh, various news coming out of the company. However, around the world, you know, you mentioned GDPR. So that has a, that has a good impact because it starts uh, forcing companies even here in the U.S. to change, right? Because they have consumers all over the world. Um, it, you know, regulation is pretty much always going to lag the technology. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and I'm caught in this struggle too, because I really like the technology. I want to use the equipment, but I also want to make sure that I have some level of privacy, right? Yeah. And it is, you know, thinking back, I don't know if you guys were, uh, you know, maybe watch Star Trek when you were kids or something and you would see them go into the hollow deck and talk to the computer and everything was just like magical. Part of me really wants that. And as a techie, I understand, well, that means that system needs to understand the environment you're in, has to know some things about you. And I want to experience that, but how do we make it safe and private? And wh whoever can figure that out, um, it, you know, if, if there's some magical tool or process that has to run to, to vet things and keep everything in balance, uh, they'll be a trillionaire, I think. Yeah. It's a tough problem. Yeah, no, it is a tough problem. I, I think, you know, one question you sparked my, that this conversation has sparked is, how do I look at a problem from a business perspective or a passion perspective, whether that's technology or your, you know, what I would say the day job. And then do you have a different view as a parent, right? Like, do, do you, I sometimes struggle with that piece of it. It's, you know, you think about the business and you think about, you know, metrics and whatever you're looking at in your, your day job and you're trying to move something forward. But then at the same time, you look through the lens of a parent and you start to look at what you're doing from your kid in the future. And I, I just heard a little bit of that there, you know, this, 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 
I love the technology. Um, I'm so passionate about it. But then there is the other side. It's the what is the impact down the line, and how does this impact my decisions right now? Have you have you have you had those thoughts and conversations, or, or how has that gone out of interest? Yeah, definitely. So, I, and I should say that my son is a teenager now. So he he you know he's 15. Uh, so he's into some technology as well. The surprising thing is. For him and I think most of his friends, they, they kind of understand these privacy concerns. And he, he's actually quite good, uh, at, at least from what I can tell, that he's, he's not very involved in social. It's mostly him just messaging back and forth to friends, right? Uh, so that, you know, that, that I can trust a lot more when it's kind of one-on-one -on -one or one to a couple friends. Uh, but I did start with uh, I did start with VR about five years ago, and at that time there was questions about like what age should go into a headset, mm -hmm. and no one really knew, right? Mm -hmm. So arbitrarily, almost on the safe side, people would start saying, well, like Copa, it maybe let's say thirteen, and you shouldn't be in a headset for too long. Um, yeah, but I mean the overall question about technology and children. It's so interesting because we always hear this and you probably ha experience it as a parent. You go out of your way for Christmas or birthday, you find the perfect gift. And especially when the kids are younger, they're like, eh, whatever. But this box is so cool. I just want to sit here and play with it, right? And get some markers out and do this and do that. So I think on the safe side, for sure, younger children should have some limit to technology. And, and understand the real world uh, better before they start exploring virtual kind of uh, concepts. As parents, like I was only talking to Savannah about this morning and maybe my, my mind is still, a bit, is still a bit raw after looking at social dilemma, but I was just saying to my wife that look at, as parents, like, you know, until maybe changes are made, we have a responsibility to stay on top of all of these emerging trends in the social world and stuff like that and keep our kids educated on how to live within that world and don't get too far into it. So I think that's a bit of advice that, you know, I will echo from you that, you're, that you've obviously done with your son to, to, to show how to live within that world. And then be, being on that topic as well about myself and my wife having conversations, she was actually um, talking to me this morning about switching my role from being the working dad at home um, to trying my hand at being a stay-at-home dad and, you know, looking after Riley, switching roles. And what what would be your thoughts on on uh, working from home or being a, a stay-at-home dad? Yeah, so I have a, I have a great experience with that when my wife and I were uh, expecting our son, Cody. Um, her, her job was better than mine at the time. And I, I was kind of doing some studies at a university as well. So it was kind of natural for me to be the one that stayed at home. And I did that for almost two years, uh, the first two years of his, uh, his life. And it was incredible. I, just, I loved it. <clears throat> um, that 
I will admit that, yeah, it's, it gets tricky sometimes and a little bit uh, frustrating and you're just waiting for the, your spouse to come home, your partner to come home and sort of tag off and say, hey, I need a break. I can go for a run or something. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. And ever since then, when I meet, you know, new dads or people that are thinking about having children, I always mention that, you know, if, if you have the opportunity, uh, try to try to stay at home for some significant amount of time beyond a couple of weeks. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's a super interest. That's that's super interesting. Did you? So, what what's your thoughts now, Eugene? Are, are you? It it is very very hard work. Like obviously being being um, in lockdown and working from home right now. I'm I'm quite close to the family, so that's massive. I I love that being being so close. On. The other side of it, I've seen the amount of work that my wife Savannah has to do during the day, and I would much rather be stuck on my laptop working. It it is hard work, and that's that's just because of an effort perspective. If I ever found myself in that position of being the stay-at-home dad, I I reckon I would love it. I would enjoy it. It would be hard though. I like there's there's no switching off. <laughs> I I think probably right now is probably not the time to make decision because I'm assuming when, when, when you were, you can go outside, you can go playgrounds, you can do things. I mean, even now, I mean, in Seattle, we're just getting, and as you know, it's like, okay, COVID was keeping us inside. Uh, and now we have smoke keeping us inside. So we've noticed already the difference in our daughter uh, just in two weeks of being more inside, inside than we were for the last, we're actually more inside because at least if we keep our distance, we can go to Discovery Park, as you know, we can go to those places and we can, we can keep away from people, but there's, there's air. Now it's like, you know, last weekend it was not good. I mean, you just, you couldn't go out. Like it's just, just was, was not, well, not realistic. And so, yeah, I think being a stay-at-home dad would even be more challenging right now because you don't have the luxury of even going outside the house right now. Like, or at least enjoy it because you, it, depending on your, your, uh, your, your, how much you're, you know, with the masks and everything right now. Like, if you're, if you're, some people are, are, are fearful still of it, like extreme fear, right? There's, there's different levels for everybody, but like you have to be constantly thinking, you know, and especially being respectful to the people around you, right? So you're at, you're walking around, and not only are you looking after your, you're, you're watching people around you, and you're trying to do, and it's just that, that I'm sure that, that does not make it any easier to be, to be a stay-at-home dad when you're actually in the house. I, I have an interesting question actually from earlier on, Kirby, that you mentioned that that sparked some. Have you seen the the uh, the show high score have you seen no, Netflix's high score not yet no oh, I, I really enjoyed it I, I i used to have an atari my, my first computer was an atari 520 ste so that was the first time that's that's what got that was the day i became i, I did computer science and that was the moment in time where my my whole life ahead of me was decided i loved it and i i remember upgrading sending off to the uk waiting weeks to get a half a meg of upgrade on my machine and it was just so exciting and now i could play all of these other games you know and i just remember and so i really loved this documentary on their high score about the thing but what really came into my mind right now was when you were talking about the ar vr conundrum let's say right now about that and social media and that i was listening to it from back then when parents were talking about mortal Kombat and doom and they were playing clips from back then of you know, people saying they're going to destroy our kids and computers are going to destroy our kids and stuff. And we, we are still aware of these things, but most of the games out 
they now have some adult pieces to them, even when they're rated earlier, they're, they're not, they're not Pac-Man, right? They're not Pac-Man. They're not, they're not Super Mario. Uh, even those newer versions are a little more involved and have more things going on that kids are doing. So it's interesting to watch how previously something big like that, a big change in technology uh, has changed the world. Uh, I'm interested to know, do you see the same trends happening now as we move into the AR VR space? Yeah, so there's, I guess, two parts to that. You know, first, there's often a resistance to change from maybe a generational point of view. And then also, you know, in, a, in an enterprise, for example, there's just like, nope, we're doing it this way. We've always done it this way. Why change? Uh, and change is good, I think, overall. Technology is good overall. Um, yeah, I, like I remember, too, when Columbine happened, and you know, parents came out and said, "Oh, it's because they were playing these games, and why these kids, you know, went to that school." Um, uh, but this time, I think it's different, especially on the social front, because the 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 network and the way the platform works, it's changing behaviors. Um, not just like a fast twitch muscle where you're shooting or pointing at something, but it's actually changing how you think. And that's, I think, much, much more dangerous. Uh, if there's a fellow, um, quite, a few, quite a few people, you, you mentioned uh, the, the documentary that you watched about social dilemma, but there, there's one of the early founders of VR, uh, Jaron Lanier, he, ha he has a thought on what the root cause of this issue is. And it's the business model around social. So he's, you know, his thought is just get off social media, force the companies to not use advertising as a way to run their business, but actually charge, right? Charge up front. People will be willing to pay for something of value uh, and not, and not rely on those kind of fear sensational techniques to try to get you to keep clicking and keep you staying on, staying engaged, as they say. Uh, so I'm rambling there a little bit, but I, I think things are different this time with, with social. And it is, it, it's really powerful in how uh, the impact it can have, not just on individuals, but on a larger society. That's super interesting. So if, if I heard that, it's like, if I heard that, it's like, could we move to a model where uh, we're paying for the value rather than leaving a very hard to control mass amount of businesses just, you know, push stuff uh, uncontrolled to a large extent to everybody. It's very hard to, to manage that. And rather if, so I, I would, super, I think I've seen the article or a question asked was, if people, would people pay a dollar a month to have no advertising on Facebook? Like, you know, would they? I mean, you know, we've, when we had cable subscriptions, they were, you know, 
like the, the battle down to is like less than $10 now. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to watch Netflix versus Hulu and all of these other platforms. It's like they're there. It's the dollar is the difference, right? It's no longer, you know, you pay $80 for, you know, direct TV and stuff. You know, people are starting to move to the cable cutter, but now they're all adding up, but it's the dollar. So I wonder, is it hard? Do you think that people have got it free for so long that, you know, are, would people be concerned enough where they could say, hey, if you pay us, you know, $1 a month, or just $12 a year, which I, I would say on the advertising cost, it's probably even more than what they're actually making per user on advertising, right? Uh, would people pay for it? And I wonder, have they tested that model out? I have not ever, I, I, at least I've not been as part of a test group, at least with Facebook or anything to ever say, hey, would, would you be willing to pay $1 for, for no, ad, where we don't advertise to you, we don't do it. It's just, you're paying for the value we're providing to connect to people and thoughts and ideas. Yeah, I, I'm not aware that they've even entertained that thought, <laughs> especially with consumers, because, you know, and, and again, it's not just Facebook, but Google as well with search ads and, and so on. Um, on, the, on the business side, I mean, Facebook does have a product called, I think it's At Work, and, and it brings a lot of their tools and platform in, inside a company so they can use it privately. And that, you know, that's a paid model. Um, yeah, it, I don't have a clear, <laughs> a clear answer on that. For me, I know, like, for example, with uh, YouTube, that, by the way, is huge with my son and, and a lot of his friends. Uh, he doesn't even use a music app. He's just using YouTube to listen to music. Uh, but I just did not like getting all the ads. So I actually paid for their premium product for the family. And for me, it's totally worth it. Just not to have some, some portion of my day hit with, with those advertisements. With, with myself and my son, Riley, I, I try and pick out a bit of time during the day, every day, just to spend that unique one-on-one -on -one time. How do you um, take the time out in your day to get that time with your son, Cody? Yeah, and it, you know, for all of us being home, it's totally different now. Uh, my wife is in tech, so she's on her computer all day. I'm in tech, so I'm on my computer all day. And of course, our son, he's on his computer all day for school. Uh, so it is really difficult for us to, to make time during the day. I, I, as much as I could, I try to take lunch at the same time as him. And sometimes we'll go for a walk first. Uh, I, you know, I find walking is a great way to, especially, you know, with an older child to, to get them talking and, you know, all of us, and I can't imagine what it's like for younger kids it, being inside so much now and, and not just having the movement and, you know, getting their bodies moving and going outside and playing, it's got to be so difficult, uh, especially if both parents, again, are on their laptops. So really important to spend time. Uh, the main thing I do is try to have that lunchtime. And then in the evenings, sometimes we'll, like last night, we were playing cards, uh, playing rummy. But we try to make it a little bit fun by saying, okay, whoever won that round gets control of the, the music. It's the next oh. song, right? <laughs> so, are you ready for? A, a, so we have a Eugene for his. Uh, we I think we have time for. A, a, so, our dad jokes have been somewhat popular. 
and Eugene definitely yeah. finds the worst ones. Uh, the best ones, sorry, the best ones. The best ones, <laughs> the best ones are the worst ones. Yeah. So Eugene, do you want to share a, a dad joke or two with us? I don't know where you found them. Hello, darkness, you used to have better jokes before you were a dad. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Ready for act, let's go. For the 10th year in a row, my coworkers have awarded me the most secretive person in the office. I can't tell you how much that means to me. <laughs> My extra sensitive toothpaste doesn't like it when I use other toothpastes. <laughs> <laughs> a guy goes into the doctor and says, Doctor, every morning at eight o'clock, I do a poo. He says, What's wrong with that? I wake up at nine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, my son's going to love that one. <laughs> All right, Eugene. I think it's time for the rapid fire question round. Are you ready? Oh, I get it. Who is your favorite TV dad? Here's something on Netflix. We, my son and I just started watching Cobra Kai. So I'll say Cobra Kai dad. What's your favorite day of the week? Before COVID Friday, uh, after COVID every day is Friday. So pretty much every day. What's your favorite city in Canada? Ooh, very good. Montreal. It's a lot of fun. I have a couple of Canada themed questions now coming up. Uh oh. Bagged milk or milk carton? Oh, very interesting. When I was a child, it was in the bag. Now it's a uh, carton. Yeah. Beaver tails or coffee crisp? Oh, coffee crisp. American Smarties or Canadian Smarties? Canadian? Molson Canadian beer or Guinness? Oh, gosh. Oh, this gosh. is a tough one now. You it is a tough one. I like the logo for Molson, but I'm going to say Guinness. Yes. <laughs> Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Wow. Fantastic question. I'm going to say speak languages to humans. What is your favorite holiday of all time? Oh, man, I should know these off the top of my head. Oh, favorite, favorite. <laughs> I, I can think of a favorite summer. It wasn't really a holiday, but uh, I went to summer camp. And when I was a teenager, I just loved that. And I got my glider pilot's license. So that was pretty awesome. What is Cody's favorite TV show? He's really, really into anime. And that's not my world. So I, I can't, <laughs> I can't say, but right now, the thing we watch together is Cobra Kai. Nice. Do you remember his, his um, childhood TV show when he was a baby? Uh, Curious George. Oh, yes. Nice. That's the one with the monkey, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Say something in an Irish accent. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> that was good. Perfect. I think that's it now for our rapid fire question round. Well, thanks, Kirby, for uh, joining us today. Would you like to share a little bit about your uh, VR, AR association and the XR Seattle podcast that you have? 
Yes, thank you. Had a great time. So number one is myself and a few friends. Uh, we started a podcast called XR Seattle Podcast. So it's XRC as in S-E-A, pod, C-pod. And we'd love to have you uh, take a listen if you're interested in anything to do with AR and VR. Uh, and contact us if you want to chat with us and potentially be a guest. The second item is I'm the co-president for the local chapter here in Seattle of the VR AR Association. And once again, we're building up the community. If you want to find out more, just reach out to myself and, uh, and, and join in. Okay. Well, thank Perfect. you so much for uh, joining us today, Kirby. We'll be sure to share with all our guests uh, uh, your uh, your podcast and your things. And uh, we're super interested to hear how the uh, VRAR, I know I'll be following it for the next few years to see how it all unfolds. And this was super interesting uh, chat. Thank you so much for jumping on with us today. Yeah, thanks. It was great meeting you guys. Okay. Great meeting you too. Thank you, Kirby. Appreciate that. Thanks for joining us today on I See Dad People. If you would like to check out the rest of our podcasts and be the first to hear our new ones, you can visit us at icdadpeople.com or follow us on Instagram at icdadpeople underscore official. And we will see you next time. And remember, I see dad people. I see them all the time.